What is going on, my people? It is a beautiful Sunday morning in North Carolina. It is almost May. Who would have thought that? Uh, the month of April went by way too quickly, way too uh, uneventfully as well for me. Um, starting to uh, get to the point where I need to open up a project, and we are seemingly nowhere near ready. And uh, needed to get a lot done in the month of April. Didn't get it done. You don't care. Let's move along. Uh, I am your host, as always, Michael Hunter. This is the ACC Basketball Report. Uh, I, you can find my work uh, at pcon 36 on Twitter. You can check me out at slapthesign.com, a Notre Dame website. And you can also find some old stuff on accbasketballreport.com right now. I haven't put anything up in a while. Been saving most of the content for the podcast during the offseason. Um, this is a crowdfunded podcast. If you want to support uh, the podcast and the work that I'm trying to do here, uh, go to accbasketballreport.com. Click on the RSS feed on the right-hand side. That'll take you to my Podbean page. Click on Be a Patron and feel free to support the show. Uh, also, somewhat of a, a big announcement. I am looking for contributors to accbasketballreport.com. Uh, it is a, a voluntary contribution, uh, some way for you to possibly refine writing skills, get your opinion out there. I am not uh, too picky as far as what you talk about <clears throat> um, because I'll talk about just about anything most of the time. So what I'm looking for is people with strong opinions, uh, people with uh, you know good research skills, people who know what they're talking about, know ACC, and, uh, and and have good writing skills. You know, I'll edit the pieces as I see fit, but I will not edit you heavily. I guess is the best way I can put that. So if you're interested in that, uh, hit me up accbasketballreport at gmail.com, or go ahead and shoot me a message on uh, on Twitter at pcon36, and let's get into it. Uh, first thing today, I, I I don't like talking about this FBI shit very much. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a little bit about what happened this week, but I'm not gonna get too far into it. Uh, according to a Bloomberg article that I'm not sure if I've tweeted that out or not, but I will after the show today. Uh, a guy named T.J. Gasnola has reportedly agreed to cooperate with officials in regards to the NCAA bribery scandal. Okay, great. Who is he? Uh, much like. Uh, like uh, Harold uh, commented on a couple weeks ago, some of, you don't know who these guys are. They're just they're directors of AAU programs and, and things of that nature. Gasnola is the director of the New England Players. That is uh, not players. That's P L A Y A Z. Okay, of course it is. Um, they are an Adidas affiliated AAU program. Go figure. Adidas seems to be the uh, you know the ground zero of all this nonsense. Which, by the way. How is nobody talking about Kansas? <laughs> okay. That is that is the 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 centerpiece Adidas program. Um, Silvio D'Souza will never play for Kansas again after this past season, and nobody's talking about it. I have no idea why, except Gary Parish. Gary Parish and Matt Norlander are talking about it a little bit. Otherwise, I haven't heard anybody talking about it. Um, I haven't listened to Doster in a couple weeks though, so he may be talking about it. But otherwise, this should be a bigger story than it is. The kid was originally headed to Maryland, but wanted to go to Kansas, and apparently he had a handler that needed money in order to let the kid go to Kansas. Either way, D'Souza's done at, at Maryland. Um, I'm sorry, at Kansas. Um, I am not sure if he declared for the draft or not. So it, it's interesting because the deadline has now passed. I'm assuming he did because I don't see any way that he ever plays at Kansas again. But anyway, back to this Gasnola fella. Um, not a, I can't find a whole lot on these New England players. Um, 
Last year's roster did include uh, 2018 Notre Dame signing Nate Lazuski, though. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Uh, one thing that did stick out to me as well is one of their former alumni is Antonio Anderson of Memphis, who you may remember uh, was on that Derrick Rose team that went to the finals, lost to Kansas, and uh, was coached by none other than John Calipari. Again, I'm not saying. I'm just providing the information for you guys you guys can do with it as you see fit run it down if you want it will be interesting to see where this goes um he has um he's pled guilty to some charges and agreed to cooperate that's basically all i know i'll tweet out the bloomberg article here in just a second but this fbi case is is long long from over in my opinion um as these guys start you know coming to the realization of jail time and and you know for for recruiting violations in college basketball, um, you know people are going to start flipping. This this case is far from over. It's going to carry well into next year. It will be a major headline next year during the season. So if you were sick of it this year, brace yourself because it's going to be ever lingering in the 2018-19 season and may actually have a impact in the tournament process next year as well. Uh, I thought we were too far along in the season last year for it to impact that tournament um some of it may have when you look at some of the teams that were potentially left out of, or that were left out of the uh, out of the tournament but um you know that might have been the ncaa kind of protecting itself from any further embarrassment after they vacated the louisville banner i don't know i don't know but as this case moves further along you can expect you know more developments and it's going to impact next season and it may even be a bigger story uh, as far as actual punishments sanctions things of that nature so i'm kind of in a a wait and see mode Uh, i'm not really ready to throw around any strong opinions regarding the fbi i think i've you know made it quite known some of the people and things that i think are a little bit shady now one thing that i will comment on hold on grab some water The NCAA tournament or the NCAA committee, the, the the committee that is headed by Condoleezza Rice, and has like forty eight people from Duke on the committee. You know, it's only two, but still, Shashevsky, go figure, has friends on this committee. <clears throat> they came out with some recommendations this past week, and as predictable, it was as predictable as it could have been. This. Things aren't going to change. When the FBI goes away and they get these guys for wire fraud or tax evasion or whatever they're going to get these guys on, it's going to be business as usual in the NCAA. Okay? What did the committee recommend? They basically blamed it on another organization altogether. Okay, We blame the NBA's one-and-done rule. That needs to change. We need to create a pathway for these kids to get to the next level, to get to the NBA, to get paid if they want to get paid. That's a cop-out. Okay, This does not fix dirty recruiting. There will always be a best incoming freshman in college basketball. Okay, Whether it's James Wiseman, the number one player in the 2019 class, or it is the number 15 kid because the other 14 are going to the NBA, that number 15 kid is now the best player coming into college. He's going to get paid by by guys who want him, and there will be an auction process just like there always has been in the past. Okay, Regardless of whether or not he's the best player in the class, if he's the best player in the class that's going to college, there's going to be a bidding war for him. 
blaming the NBA and allowing these kids to go straight out of high school is something that I, I support fully, especially with the, uh, with the development of the G League. But it doesn't fix the problem that the NCAA is facing right now as far as recruiting being a dirty game. Now, what it did not address is the real problem, and that is the NCAA. The NCAA is the problem. The NCAA is designed to fail according to its own rules and own structure. Okay? Imagine someone walks into a room, and you have five friends in that room. Okay? They hand you a brick of Mexican brown heroin. Okay, there are laws against selling heroin, correct? If you didn't know that, there are. There are laws against you're not supposed to sell heroin. Everybody does it, but regardless. He then tells you, don't, don't sell that, okay? Then he leaves the room, okay? And he leaves you to your own devices. And you and your five friends all know that you shouldn't be selling this heroin. But if you do, who's going to know other than the six of you? And you can make a boatload of cash doing it what do you do i'll tell you what you do you sell that fucking heroin you go buy yourself a boat and a private island and whatever else and you live like a king for the rest of your days okay that's the ncaa when it comes to recruiting okay the ncaa makes money from advertising of the ncaa tournament okay of every other fucking tournament that they put on ESPN, preseason tournaments and coaches versus cancer and the preseason NIT and the Maui and the Charleston Classic and whatever else. Okay, The NCAA is made up of member institutions that police themselves to discourage behavior that could potentially make them millions and millions of dollars. The ACC made $35 million for itself in the NCAA tournament this year that is distributed equally to all the teams in the conference over the next six years, okay? So if you know that your buddy is cheating, it's in your best interest to let him cheat as long as you can cheat as well and he doesn't tell on you. Now, that's not quite how it works. That's that's kind of a, a crude, you know, I kind of embellish that for my own, my own amusement, but that's what it is. <laughs> Okay? You're supposed to discourage it, it's it's the war on drugs, okay? It's it's set up to fail because you know, basketball in general basically funds all the sports of a university as well as itself, as well as money for the rest of the conference, as well as everybody that's involved. Now, I did like the recommendation that you know, they they have a third-party structure. Okay, there's now the recommendation is you bring in outside people to enforce the rules, to punish people, and and to hear cases and, and things of that nature. My question is how, how does that how do those people remain impartial? Okay, who selects those people? The NCAA is gonna select those people. Okay. It's another it's another loophole for them potentially to escape, okay? And Will the NCAA then create rules? What's the appeals process if that third party is brought in? Okay, are these just are these arbitrators? Okay, do these people have subpoena power? Okay, can you lie to them like the like you can lie to the NCAA? Okay, you know two plus two equals chair. You know you, you can tell the NCAA anything. They're not a law enforcement agency. They're just asking questions. Hopefully, they catch you in some nonsense. You put them on the right trail. They find some hard evidence. And, and then they have you, or, or they get somebody that's a blabbermouth. Okay, that's how the NCAA works. They have no subpoena power. They're not a law enforcement agency. They're just a group of people pretending to enforce their own rules while they laugh their ass off and back up the Brinks truck to the bank every year in April. 
okay? And are, are these third party, are they the enforcement branch or are they just making recommendations to the NCAA? Okay, I, I need to see something. To, to Right now, I have a pessimistic view on the NCAA. I don't think anything major is going to come of this case. You know, we lost the Hall of Fame coach in Rick Pitino. Okay. Some assistants got arrested. All right. Some guy that I've never heard of that works at Adidas is going to jail or he's cooperating. I don't care. Okay. What I care about is the same five programs getting, you know, 18 of the top 25 guys every single year. Now, they ain't doing shit with them. Okay. But... It's still annoying, you know. I got to stop paying attention to to RJ Barrett's recruitment as soon as Duke gets involved. Everybody knew Duke, he was going to Duke two years ago. It's annoying more than anything. It's an annoyance to me that outside of six or seven programs, nobody's going to get these top kids ever. All right, that's about that's about all I'm going to say as far as the FBI and this other non this another nonsense goes. Getting into the ACC, which is why we're all here. Uh, a pretty good week as far as uh, as far as news goes. Uh, you know, we got a little bit of a wide range of stuff going on. The first thing I want to talk about is Jim Christian. Uh, I spoke about Jim Christian at length at times over the course of the season. I thought he deserved an extension. I thought he did not deserve to be fired. Given the way his team performed this year, I thought they would be a bubble team next year. Potentially an NCAA tournament team next year. Um, he did get a two-year extension the other day. Uh, I love this move for Boston College. The contract now runs through 2021-2022. Now, I, I don't know if the buyout was reset. I would assume that it is not um, until they potentially negotiate a long-term uh, contract, which that will probably be based on his performance this year, uh, that being 2018-19. I think this is a recruiting-based extension, uh, difficult to land recruits when your current deal only lasts through 19 and 20. So, you know, he's recruiting kids now for the 2019 class. That class would be coming in wondering if he will be there at the end of the season because his contract runs out, which obviously both parties could walk away at that point not owing each other any money at all. So recruiting-based extension, he's now locked in. He can now recruit for at least the next two cycles, uh, free and clear for the most part. And given his roster and his ability to recruit and his ability to coach uh, offense in particular, um, I think Jim Christian's a good coach. I think he, I think uh, Donahue before him just he, he left that program uh, really, really short on talent. I think Christian is trending in the correct direction. Um, the bad news uh, for Coach Christian is that Jerome Robinson is now staying in the draft. He uh, made his intentions known, I believe, yesterday or Friday. I'm not quite sure, but it is out there that Jerome Robinson will be staying in the draft. I think that's the right move for him. His stock won't be any higher than it was after this year. We averaged 25 points per game in you know, the best conference in the country. If he comes back next year and all of a sudden he shoots 32% from deep, his stock falls off, and then he has no choices because he'll be a senior. It just doesn't behoove him to, to stay in college at this point now. BC is still a bubble team to me, okay? Um, if Bowman comes back, Kai Bowman, um, which I think he will, I think he should. Right now it looks like he's going to go undrafted and uh, Jordan Chapman come back, which I haven't heard anything other than him. Um, uh, other than that, he is coming back. Um, I speculated earlier in the offseason that due to his age uh, and and his his uh, responsibilities, I guess, as an adult, he's 25 years old, he's married, he, you know, he may be sick of the college life. That's certainly understandable um he may elect to move on i believe he has graduated as well so um 
I haven't heard that he is leaving the program, so I'm going to assume at this point he's going to be back. Uh, Nick Popovich will be back. Deontay Hawkins is petitioning for another year of eligibility after he was hurt this year. I haven't heard anything on that. Uh, Stephen Mitchell, you know, that's a pretty good core. And then you've got um, Winston Tabs coming in, who's a, a three-star kid, pretty good shooter, um, and, and a guy that – you know he fits that same Jerome Robinson type mold. He's not he's not as tall or as lanky as Robinson, but he can shoot the ball. Uh, and then he's got uh, Christian's got the 69th player uh, in the 2018 class in Jarris Hamilton out of North Carolina, who's going to come in and slide right into that three spot to give them. You know you put Bowman at the one, Chapman at the two, uh, either Hamilton or Mitchell at the three. I'm going to assume it's going to be Hamilton, uh, Popovich, and Hawkins. Or Hawkins at the four, and maybe Popovich at the five. Although you could start Reyes at the five. Either way, it's a pretty, it's a good team. It's a, a middle of the pack in the ACC team. I think you know, somewhere in the eight to ten range, uh, given what some of the other rosters are looking like. Some of the other people, uh, some of the other teams in this conference are really having a rough offseason. I'm going to get into that in just a second. But uh, I like, I like BC next year if uh, if both Bowman and uh, if both Bowman and Chapman return, this is a bubble team. This is a potential tournament team, and it's a team that could possibly make some noise in a a uh, ACC tournament type situation. You know, if they, uh, you know, they're gonna have strong guard play. I like the way Popovich developed, and this Hamilton kid is really, really good. Uh, you know, he's he's up there in the in the rankings, but. You know he's an athletic kid. Christian has had really good luck pulling kids out of North Carolina. I think he's a, he's a really good player for them, and that's you know I, I may be the only one. I don't think I am. I think most of most of the smart people out there that know the ACC are, are looking at Boston College to be a potential uh, surprise team next year. Okay, moving on. Player movement. We already talked about Jerome Robinson. I won't touch on that again. I think he's he is making the right decision jumping in the draft though. Luke May. Uh, snuck in after I did the podcast last week, did declare for the draft, did not hire an agent. He's got to come back, right? He's just – he's getting some feedback, right? He 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 struggles way too much against athletes. I mean, he, he he's a good college basketball player, but he's a slow, hairy, white guy from North Carolina. I don't – you know, he's, he's not – he can shoot it a little bit, which makes him interesting for today's NBA, but – He's coming back. Um, <laughs> I, I was surprised to see him go. That was that was a little bit of a shock to me. But at the same time, this current uh, you know this current uh, situation with the with draft eligibility and things like that, it's, it's what it's made for. Go find out. You know, go hear it from NBA teams yourself. Whether or not you're good enough, instead of your fucking pastor or your uncle's buddy's drinking friend from the bar who tells you you should go okay go talk to some nba people and they'll tell you whether or not you're good enough to make the league maybe he is maybe they like him he can shoot the three uh he is really good on the glass but he really struggles against you know people that are superior athletes uh which was evident in a lot of the games that he struggled in this year um Expect him to be back. Expect North Carolina to be good again next year. Him and Manley, especially next year, is going to be. I think Williams is going to get back into his uh, his two big lineup with Manley in May next year. I think it's it's going to be business as usual in North Carolina. Uh, a few transfers to get to. James Banks has transferred into Georgia Tech. Uh, he is a. 6'10", 240-pound center, uh, transferred from Texas. He is an Atlanta kid. He's a sit-one-play-two guy. Uh, it's rumored that he's going to petition the NCAA for immediate eligibility. 
Uh, you know, the NCAA did away with hardship waivers a few years ago. I'm not sure what the future holds for banks as in that regard. Personally, um, I, I'd like to see him sit the one. He is, he, you know, he's a top 100 kid. He was a four-star top 75 kid in the class of 2016. He's a really good athlete. But uh, Eric Reveno, who is the assistant coach under Passner, is a noted big man whisperer. And I think a year off, a sit one year uh, with Reveno, and then Banks comes back and he is, I mean, look what, look what Reveno did with Ben Lammers in a very short time. Reveno wasn't there when Lammers came in as a freshman, but uh, Lammers didn't really show up and explode onto the scene until after Reveno arrived with Passner. So, you know, this kid's a shot blocker, first and foremost. Um, I think he is, you know, an elite rim protector. Uh, he's a very good athlete. He came to Texas. You know, why didn't he play? Why did he leave Texas? Well, he came in with Jared Allen, who I believe is co- uh, playing with the New Jersey Nets right now, I think. Um, who was, you know, a big-time freshman. And then last year he was stuck behind uh, Mo Bamba and uh, the kid from Tulane, uh, Dylan Osikowski. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah the white kid with cornrows, which, by the way, guys, don't do that, okay? As an old George Carlin joke, you'll never be as cool as black people, okay? Turn your hats around, get rid of the cornrows, let them be cooler than you. It's okay. You're white, you're lame, enjoy it. Um so, we, you know, those two guys, those are really good players. Ozikowski and Mo Bamba are really good players. Um, he's the third big man, and those guys are going to play most of the game. So, you know, he, like I said, he's an Atlanta kid. This is a kid I wanted in the 2016 class. Uh, he got here a little bit later than I wanted, but I, I love this get. This is a good get for, uh, for Passner. This fills out the 2018 recruiting class with a class that I love. Um, I am going to review the recruiting classes here as soon as we get everything wrapped up. Um, there's a few stragglers, and uh, when this free agent market closes down, I'm uh, I'm going to touch on some recruiting classes, the kids that came back from the draft. I'm hoping to have uh, Tony Patelis of College Hoop News on here, and uh, we'll just do a bullshit session. We'll just you know let it fly, no scripts. Just uh, we'll just talk about uh, what we see as far as upcoming. Uh, next year in the ACC, who's back, recruiting classes, things of that nature. Uh, Wyatt Walker, who is a big man from Samford, that's S-A-M-F-O-R-D, has transferred into NC State. Uh, He is a grad transfer, immediately eligible. I think he's got two years left. And uh, he fills a position of need for NC State and Kevin Keats um, with year seven going to Georgetown, which, by the way, I apologize for missing that last week. I thought I had that on the rundown, uh, year seven, actually transferred to Georgetown instead of going pro, which was kind of a shock uh, to me. Uh, Patrick Ewing is starting to put some stuff together at Georgetown. I may talk about that a little bit in the offseason as I, as I scrape the barrel for content. But, yeah, Omer at 7 to Georgetown instead of going back home to Turkey and playing professionally. That was a little bit shocking to me. Also, uh, you know, NC State loses Leonard Freeman this year. So, you know, Walker's a guy, averaged 12 points, 8 rebounds over his career at Sanford. Uh, did have a bit of a down year this year. Uh, set 68 career NCAA games under his belt. You know, fills out their roster. They're now complete. Keats has a hell of a class coming in. Um, he's got some some long, athletic kids that can play some fucking basketball. And I think NC State fans are going to be, you know, there might be some growing pains this year, but next year when Markel Johnson's a senior point guard and Braxton Beverly's a junior and you got these other kids that are sophomores that are coming in that you know they make that freshman to sophomore jump NC State's going to be really good here pretty quick fellas and uh 
you know, I'm a big Keats guy. Um, I downplayed it a little bit early in the offseason, but I think he has NC State uh, in position to be a really powerful team in the next two, three years. So uh, get ready for that. Uh, Another player moving this time out of the ACC is Ike uh, Ike Obiagu is leaving Florida State, which leaves them with, what, seven, seven footers now? Um, you know, obviously, I think there's only two, but it seems like Hamilton always has multiple seven footers on his team. Uh, this is a seven foot kid out of Georgia, uh, average 2.3 points, 2.6 rebounds in 11 minutes per game. Why are we talking about him? Okay, less than three points, less than three rebounds. Okay, he's uh, a developmental project big, right? Well, not really, he's a fucking block machine. Okay, in those same 11 minutes per game, he averages 2.1 blocks per game. Okay, imagine. If he can get somewhere where he can play 25 minutes a game, okay, there's your elite rim protector. There's your defensive anchor. He's he's blocking four four and a half blocks a game, easy. Okay, he's an asthma mood, but he's bigger and stronger. Not quite as coordinated. Probably not going to give you as much on the offensive end. But he's just he's the guy that's wagging the finger. Okay, what do I expect from him? Uh, SEC. He's going to go to the SEC, I think. Um, Georgia makes the most sense. Uh, a buddy of mine has said Auburn, which also makes sense. Um, Bruce Pearl loves him, some Georgia players, and he frequently pulls guys out of Georgia. Uh, Okiki, uh, Okeke? Chimu Okeke, I think, was uh, Georgia Player of the Year. He went to Auburn last year. Either way. Anyway. Not never. I don't think ever going to be an elite offensive player, but offensive glass opportunities, and he's going to defend. He's going to protect the rim. I like this kid. Uh, he may have realized that Hamilton won't put him in the NBA because uh, FSU really doesn't develop guys. But uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, I like this guy. Somebody to track. But uh, you know, downgrades talent. Downgrades uh, next year's uh, defensive ability for FSU, a team that was not very good defensively anyway. So it's it's interesting, but. Not, uh, I don't know, you know, houses aren't burning. You know, the town's not burning down. FSU is still going to be pretty good. There just might be a little bit worse defensively, which, yeah, it seems. Eh. Anyway, uh, Jeff Capel. <laughs> Do you guys think he was going to get away without me banging on Jeff Capel a little bit? Okay, the Durham duffel bag boy strikes again. Uh, he has landed his 2018-19 backcourt. Yeah. Uh, landed two guards this week, two combo guards, one Trey McGowan's, the better of the two. Uh, Four-star, top 100 guy, 6'3 combo guard, kind of. Okay, this is why it's so easy to believe the rumors, okay, about Jeff Capel. Well, one is his by his own his own Twitter feed. I mean, he tweets out Duffel Bag Boy on his, on his Twitter feed. If he deleted it, I still got the screenshot. I'll show it to you. Pitt offers McGowan's on 416. The kid commits eight days later. Okay. Now, where's the relationship there? Okay. Was Capel recruiting this kid, the number 88 kid in the country, to Duke when he, when he knew he was going to reclassify to 2018? No. Now, was Milan Brown recruiting this kid to College of Charleston? Meh, possibly. Uh, you know, this kid was 100% in the crystal ball headed to Clemson, okay, on 4-1. Had been forever. Everybody knew he was going to Clemson, okay. Um, 4-16, Pitt gets involved. 4-24, he commits to Pitt. 
I ain't saying. I'm just saying, people. You know, Jeff Capel makes it really easy. Now, he's also doing what we know that he does, right? He can recruit. It's what he does, okay? He went out and he also got Xavier Johnson, who is a three-star combo guard as well. Uh, recently decommitted from Nebraska when the uh, the assistant coach that recruited him went to another program. I want to say Rutgers, but don't quote me on that. Uh, this kid's a good athlete. He can't shoot a lick, uh, but he does provide uh, a, some talent to the roster. Okay, He's going to be six-man as a freshman, somewhere in there. Um, McGowan's will start, I think. You know, due to the loss of Marcus Carr, but uh, you know Johnson potentially be a good defender. Um, you know, Capel and Capel, uh, both pretty good guards in college, may be able to develop Johnson's shooting a little bit. Uh, you know, Jeff Capel can uh, can recruit, and you know Tim O'Toole can can coach. Milan Brown can coach. So, you know, it, it looks like uh, you know this. This uh, this coaching staff is 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 finding a way to sell their their vision for this program to get them back to the Ben Howell and Jamie Dixon days, um, and and Sean Miller days. I just Jeff Capel makes it really easy to beat on him. I uh, you know Johnson was rumored to have committed I think Thursday evening, and then uh, and then all of a sudden the guy who tweeted it out uh, deleted the tweet. So, you know, what happened? Did Capel forget to bring the duffel bag to the hotel? What, you know, what's going on there? But uh, I contacted Xavier yesterday, and I asked him if he can confirm that he had committed to Pitt. He said, no, we'd all find out yesterday officially. And then uh, Evan Daniels tweeted out yesterday evening that uh, that he had officially committed to Pittsburgh. So that is a done deal. And both these kids are 18 kids. So this is going to be your backcourt of the future in Pittsburgh. And that's it's a hell of a start for Jeff Capel. If somehow he pulls a rabbit out of his ass – and lands uh, Kalea Jones, the Kentucky transfer. I mean, he's he's looking beautiful for the nineteen twenty season. Uh, you know, that's if you put uh, the Stevenson kid, uh, the Ter- Terrell Brown kid, with Kalea Jones, McGowan's, and Xavier Johnson. Not to mention whoever else Capel's going to get in his first full recruiting cycle. You know, Pittsburgh is off and running, and there are some other programs in the conference that are trending in the other direction. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a second. But first I want to get to the fact that I mentioned earlier that this kid was 100% to Clemson at the beginning of April. Now, has any team in the ACC had a, a more heartbreaking recruiting cycle than Clemson? Okay, They were 100% on Zion Williamson. All right, Coach K fakes a knee injury or a back injury or whatever, and you know people see him in Spartanburg that same night while Duke's playing a home game. And then Zion Williamson declares for Duke a week later. You know, Clemson fans still crying in the shower about that. And then they got this point guard kid, McGowan's, good player. One of the, you know, he's the successor to Shelton Mitchell. And uh, all of a sudden, over the course of, you know, 72 hours, (laughs) he's headed to Pittsburgh. Which I don't know if you've been to Pittsburgh, but I've been to South, I've been to Clemson, I've been to Spartanburg, and I've been to Pittsburgh. And... Paint me orange, baby. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Clemson's potentially losing 80% of their starting five. Okay. Uh, it looks like, you know, De- DeVoe and Grantham both gone to graduation. Marquise Reed is a redshirt junior um, who is testing the waters, who was one of my, you know, first team ACC players. He, I would imagine that either he's going to go pro or 
he, I guess he, he could go back to Clemson, right? I mean, that's not outside the realm of possibilities, but maybe he wants to go to Villanova. Maybe he wants to make the tournament. I mean, Clemson made the tournament this year, but you know what I mean? If Shelton, Shelton Mitchell, apparently he's testing the waters, but some people have uh, expressed concern about his, the health of his knees for, for whatever reason, something I didn't know about, but maybe he's looking to, uh, to cash in while he's still healthy. That leaves Elijah Thomas with what? Okay. Um, this was the next guy in line. Zion Williamson was the next guy in line. Now Clemson has none of them. Now I do like the Johnny Newman kid. Um, the Jemison kid is a project. Um, they do have another kid who has a letter of intent signed who's pretty good. Uh, I can't think of his name. I don't have it written down in front of me. But either way, these kids are still young. So this brings me to my next point. <clears throat> right now, who's better? Pittsburgh, Clemson, or the other team that's having a really rough offseason, the Miami Hurricanes? Now, um, I, who's better out of the three? Okay, I think Boston College is better than all three of them right now, um, if Bowman comes back. Now, of those three named, I got to pick Clemson, but that's only if Mitchell comes back. And then I'm still a little bit skeptical. You got to have some uh, some development out of Clyde Trap. You got to have uh, over the team. God, my internet's slow. I'm trying to look up this kid for Clemson, and I just all of a sudden nothing wants to work. But um, you know, he needs to he needs to step up from being that role guy and be a more productive player. Now, if Reed doesn't come back and Mitchell leaves, uh, I, I I think I got to go with Pitt, right? Right? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. If if Dewan Hewell comes back to Miami, Hewell likes. Uh, Anthony Lawrence, Vasilovich, you know, Laranega is a better coach than Capel. Miami might be better. Um, but, but Pitt's closing the gap mostly due to the failings of Miami this offseason, which you have to attribute Miami's failings um, with the FBI investigation, right? I mean, nobody knows. I mean, they did sign Laranega to an extension, but. When, when this hammer comes down, Miami's right there on the block. You know, right, not quite on the level of, say, Arizona um, or Louisville especially, but, uh, but they're right there. Um, but then they were suspiciously left out of the last recent report as well. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Something to contemplate, though. Uh, Clemson and Miami seem to did bring in. Um, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Now, there's a reason that I'm hammering on Miami a little bit. There was another story that came out this week uh, from John Rothstein that Jamal Brunt is leaving Miami for uh, Virginia. The coordinator. You know, even then, it doesn't really – it's not a huge deal. Miami has not been a great offensive team the last couple of years. Okay, They were 172nd this year. They were 276th last year. Now, what makes this a big deal – is he worked with the guards, okay? What that uh, man, even Manuel Kampf for the short time that he was there before he went to Baylor, 
you know, was known to be a really good player that was going to develop. This is also the guy who is credited with the recruitment of Lonnie Walker, Bruce Brown, Chris Likes. Okay, very strong recruiter. And now he's going to Richmond, and he's going to recruit people into that Havoc system, which people are really going to want to play. Look for Virginia, uh, yeah, Virginia Commonwealth to get a strong upgrade in talent, which, you know, it's, it's a coup, really, to go from the ACC to the A-10, to go from Miami to Richmond, uh, I, I don't know where Brunt is from, but that's an interesting move. Um, maybe there was some kind of rift there. I don't know. But uh, to go from the ACC to the A-10, I don't know what he was making. I don't know if, you know, VCU has is an up-and-coming, well, not an up-and-coming, they've arrived. Uh, a strong basketball school that does have some money and they do pay their coaches, but I'm going to grab some water. you got to think with the talent that he's pulling into Miami – Lonnie Walker, Bruce Brown, Chris Likes. He's uh he must be getting he must be well compensated. He certainly has grounds to ask to be well compensated, but I just I just wonder what the other there's gotta be some kind of backstory there. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Can't tell you guys. So maybe if you guys are maybe if you guys know something, hit me up. Let me know. I wanna know. Um that's about it for this week. I'd like to remind you guys, please remember to uh subscribe, like, rate, review. Uh, four or five stars. Uh, the subscription thing is a big deal because the subscription thing allows me to apply for sponsorship. <clears throat> I cannot apply for sponsorship without a certain number of subscribers. When I am able to grab some uh, some sponsorships, I can stop telling you guys about fucking crowdfunding every week. All right, even though that's not really working out, I still got to say it. Still got to put it out there. Okay, so. We go into subscriptions, we get rid of crowdfunding, you guys get to listen to me do live reads and butcher that. It's going to be a great time. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, If you guys have any questions, also remember to shoot it over to accbasketballreport.com. You guys can contact me there, or you can contact me through at pcone36 on Twitter. You can contact me at Michael Hunter on Instagram, and you can shoot me an email at uh, accbasketballreport at gmail.com. You know, I am uh, now available on, let's see, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud. You know, uh, I'm not available on Spotify for 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 reasons. Let's just say that. And, uh, you know, remember, uh, you know, if you want to be a contributor to ACCBR, shoot me a writing sample, uh, accbasketballreport at gmail.com. Contact me on Twitter. Uh, contact me on Instagram, whatever you guys want to do. I am, you know, always... I'm just looking for guys. I, I like doing the podcast. I like writing for Slap the Sign. But, uh, you know, being the only contributor to ACC Basketball Report has it's, – it's become a little tedious. I, and I like doing the podcast more than I like writing. I'll, I'll edit all day. Um, but I also give you guys free reign to express your opinions if you do want to be a contributor. Um, I'm, I'm, certainly, uh, I'm, I'm certainly, you know, kind of a liberal – when it comes to that and that's about the only thing i'm liberal with um so yeah get on me with that and uh send me some writing samples let me know what you think we'll talk about it and you know basically what i'm trying to do here people is i'm just trying to build the brand so uh get at me i'll talk to you later see you